Welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. In this series, Simon Barrington and Johnny Abbott are joined each week by emerging leaders from the millennial generation. Today, our guest is Tyria Barnes. Tyria is the Northwest Coordinator for Just Love, a charity which inspires Christian students to pursue the biblical call to social justice. Well, welcome back to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Uh, my name is Johnny Abbott. I'm here with Simon Barrington again, and today we're joined by Tyria Barnes. Hey, welcome. Hi. Hey, hey everyone. <laughs> um, we always have a pre-chat on the podcast and so whenever we start the podcast there's always a fantastic moment where we ask how are you and we've already had a little bit of the conversation but, uh, but Tyria for the listeners at home how are you today how are you doing yeah I'm good but unfortunately I'm ill um I have a skin infection called impetigo it's actually pretty gross um <laughs> but <laughs> I'm living I'm alive so that's the main thing Oh, well, Tiri, we're really glad that you've joined us today. Tiri, you're the Northwest Coordinator for Just Love. Uh, we had Tom Christmas, who is the National Coordinator for Just Love, um, a number of weeks ago now. But um, tell us a little bit about Just Love. Tell us a little bit about what you do as the Northwest Coordinator. While I was at university in Liverpool, um, I helped to set up a Just Love. So coming into the role, I already had experience of Just Love and it actually transformed my life at university. So I wanted to work for them purely for the fact that it transformed my life and I wanted to help in transforming other students' lives. Um, but I've actually written a spoken word about Just Love and its vision and its heart for social justice. So would you mind if I like quickly read that out to you guys? Oh, so you go are, for you've it. You've already got the most unique that, podcast we've done. That's Yay. a first. <laughs> Yay, go for it. So without further ado, <laughs> uh, spoken word poem by Thierry Barnes. Here we go, lads, here we go. <laughs> Uh, This is actually my first performance, so yeah, you're in for a treat. So, when I look around at the world, I see that it is broken. It seems to me that so much has gone wrong since the words, let there be light, were spoken. While global poverty, modern slavery and homelessness seem to reign, our cocoons of comfort stop us from engaging with all this pain. We're passive participants of consumerism, so far removed from the producers and production lines. We vote for systems of violence and oppression every time we buy. But what if I told you that there are nail scars on the hands of the garment workers in Bangladesh that Jesus hides behind the eyes of the homeless guy you once called a pest? How can we sing songs of praise to a refugee on a Sunday and with the same tongue tell the Syrians that they can't stay? The God we worship says that justice and righteousness are the foundations of his throne. And he crafted the hands which made the parts of my mobile phone. So it's time for Christians to wake up from their sleepy faith. Because the cries of the oppressed are louder than the songs we sing in church, and we can't wait. At Just Love, we want to equip every student to live for justice in whatever sphere they find themselves in. We want to see a generation rising whose hearts are stirred for those who wear pain like it's their skin. Imagine students being known for their radical generosity and love for those on the fringes of society, who then went on to transform their industries, a group of people who could speak powerfully into a culture of anxiety all under the cover of grace that they received from the resurrected son, already knowing that the victory had been won. We want to see a fearless generation rising to take their place with Jesus and justice at the centre as they run their race. And that's it, guys. (laughs) Premier, world premier. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, it's already better than Tom's, don't tell him. Uh, (laughs) I should be national coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? I didn't have the promotion before. No. Yeah. <laughs>
So, Tyria, you um, you become the Northwest coordinator. Yeah. Uh, what does that entail day to day? Because mm. uh, all around, you heard in your you spoke a word all around social justice, uh, all around, um, yeah, all around those different things. Uh, what does that What does that involve? Mm, great. So, as Northwest coordinator, um, I work with a group in Manchester. Um, and also two groups in Newcastle and Leeds. Um, I guess they aren't really in the Northwest, but <laughs> my role entails looking after them. Um, and that's mainly because I'm on the new groups project as well. And uh, mm-hmm. Newcastle and Leeds are both new groups, which are starting up pretty soon, actually. Um, I also do social media for Just Love. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, any posts that you'll see uh, put up by Just Love is probably done by me. I also love to make graphics as well. I use Canva quite a lot. So if any mm. resources for Just Love need reformatting or jazzing up or sprucing up, I'm, yeah, the person who does that. Um, and I guess also as well, my role includes meeting up with people uh, in Liverpool, so staff workers and, yeah, other people who might be interested in social justice and just, like, getting them on board with the Just Love vision. Um, and then, yeah, from time to time, we also have training events as well. So it's likely that I'll be running a session at a training event or uh, me and my friend Fee, who also works for Just Love, we tend to host them. We've got like a Fee and T duo thing going on. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I guess as well, just my role includes just like empowering students in general just to pursue social justice. And I think it's such a privilege to be able to do that, um, that my job actually involves impassioning and empowering students. I just think it's so great that yeah, I'm actually paid to do that. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my role in the in a nutshell. Fantastic. And how did you get into that? What was the what was the journey um, uh, into that role? Mm. So, uh, as I said before briefly, I was involved with Just Love at university, and um, I guess before being involved in Just Love, I always thought that like social justice was just something that was nice. I knew that it was spoken about in the Bible, but I didn't realize how important it was or how there was a biblical call for all Christians to get on board um and with just love it really just convicted me that yeah like I should be living for justice in every every aspect of my life and yeah with that I just I love like just love and uh, I was personal coordinator at Liverpool so that was just looking at how we can live for justice in our small decisions so like where we shop and uh yeah like how much waste we we yeah put out and looking at things like that and I guess just becoming so encouraged and so inspired and being given the ability to inspire others at university I decided that yeah it was something that I wanted to carry on doing and give back to Just Love because they invested so much time and resources into me um yeah so it's more of yeah me just wanting to to show others how it can really be yeah, such a great thing to get involved with. Um, and again, yeah, I just want to give back because they, they gave so much to me. So, yeah. Um, talk, talk to us more about some of those small changes mm. that you started to make in your lifestyle. Because we can often think of social justice as, you know, a big issue and advocacy issue mm. and policy issue and things that we go and campaign about, etc. But um, rubber hits the road when it's kind of lifestyle changes, doesn't yeah. it? So so what are the things you've experimented with? What's gone well and what's not 
gone quite so well mm. <laughs> um, as you kind of <laughs> gone on that journey as well. Mm, yeah, that's great. So I think before Just Love, I was actually Primark's biggest fan. Like I would shop there <laughs> all the time. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, through Just Love, I just realised that the fashion industry is literally just built on slavery, if I'm honest. Um, all the high street stores like H&M and yeah, Primark, as I said, uh, yeah, Forever 21, unfortunately, don't pay their workers that much. And I think having that realisation really, really made me want to think about where I shop clothing wise. Um, and so, yeah, I started only shopping at charity shops and putting on clothes shops as well with my friends. And yeah, like doing those things, I guess, enables you to be a bit more creative as well with, um, yeah, where you source your clothes and yeah, it's always fun swapping clothes with your friends because you can just see them walking around day to day with things that you used to wear. Um, and it's better long term as well, like if you're investing in charity shops. But yeah, I guess there are also aspects of lifestyle uh, that I haven't uh, managed to completely solve. Like I think I could definitely do better when it comes to plastic waste. Um, and I guess it's it's really difficult because although I try and shop in co-op, which is a really, really great supermarket, um, like some of their vegetables, for example, like come with plastic packaging and I haven't quite mm-hmm. worked out how to get around that yet. Um, and yeah, I guess, like, as you said, it's it's not always easy. And I think we're all on a journey. But I guess the main thing is that you're making those small steps. And yeah, I think clothing is one of those things that I think I've done well in. And yeah, the waste aspect of it, I could definitely do better in. Me and Simon are currently looking at what each other are wearing. Um, <laughs> yeah, where did you get your clothes from? No, <laughs> I must have other friends other than Johnny, I'm thinking. So where did your, where would you see your leadership journey beginning? Uh, looking back, when did you first really identify as a leader? Good question. I think the first time I'd ever thought about a leadership was actually... Uh, at my church in Milton Keynes, so that's where I'm from, I was getting baptised and I had to do a testimony. And afterwards, this guy in the congregation came up to me and was like, oh, I've got a word from God for you. You're going to be a pastor one day. And I think that was the first time anyone had ever said, you're going to be leading or God wants you to be in leadership. And I guess going to university, that's always been something that's been in the back of my mind. Um, And I was vice president for the Christian Union and then got involved in Just Love. And I think... Gradually, I realized that God had given me some leadership giftings that I want to explore a bit more. And in church as well, I've been given opportunities to do sermons. And I guess it's just been a gradual process of realizing that, yeah, God has given me some seeds that I really want to grow. And yeah, I think leadership is one of those things where it's more about getting alongside people. And that's definitely something that I really, really enjoy. Um, I love like yeah, allowing people to flourish and providing opportunities for them to do that. So, yeah, I guess through university, that's when, like, the initial, oh, you're going to be a pastor was was really, like, built and developed on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's still something that I'm thinking about today, trying to think about what it looks like long term, because I think also the word pastor could mean many things, you know. Uh, so, yeah, sure. that's what I'd say. And so who are some of the people that helped you on that journey? Uh, who are the, some of the people that, that really pushed you and encouraged you mm. going forward? Good question. So I think when I was involved with the CU, the staff worker there, a guy called Pete Gower, he was amazing. He was also from Milton Keynes. So we definitely bonded over that. 
uh, because Milton Keynes is the city of dreams, as you guys know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the roundabouts and concrete cows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he really invested in me. And I think he, he just really helped me to see that I was a leader. Um, and then other people would say, Jude, the vicar at my church at the moment, he always gives me opportunities. And he's like, yeah, T, you can do this. You can, you know, you can, uh, yeah, have these opportunities and I believe in you. And then also Tom Christmas was a massive help as well with Just Love. And he really believed in me as well. And I guess that's probably a reason why I'm working for Just Love as well, uh, because yeah. I feel like he just developed me, uh, yeah, so much yeah. at university. And, and how, have you, how have you sort of model that with the people who are coming after you? Um, what does that look like? for you with the students that you're now leading you talked about creating a, a you know an environment mm. in which people are empowered and, and encouraged uh what what does that mean in terms of how you spend your time and how you invest your time mm, that's a really good question i think it's all about calling out the god-given talents in each individual um i think it's about getting to know your student on a really deep level and understanding what they're mm -hmm. about being really curious about them and just being really open to the Holy Spirit as well and asking him how you can be used as a vessel for transformation. And I think it's amazing because every person is so unique and so individual and will require different things to help them grow. Uh, and I think also it's about safety nets and tightrope. So I don't know if you guys have heard about that mm -hmm. before, but it's about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so <laughs> giving people the opportunity to lead and excel and go beyond their comfort zones, but also creating a culture where they feel safe enough that if they do mess up, um, it's fine and there's uh, grace for them. Um, so yeah, it's about getting those two things right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so important. I mean, certainly in the research that we did on millennials, um, there was a, a real fear of failure mm. amongst um, millennial leaders, even leaders who were you know, in significant uh, leadership positions um saying that actually they needed approval and and mm. um and, and also a big fear of failure so interesting that you you highlight that mm. as well how, how do you help how do you help students you're working with who who would say oh, i'm not sure about this mm. uh, you know you want to take a risk or if we fail how, how do you how do you come around them in that kind of scenario yeah i think it's an interesting one because it's definitely something that i personally struggle with so I never come from a place of, oh, like I've got it all sorted. This is what you have to do. I always come from a place of this is something that's been really hard and I've had to put in things in place uh, in order for me to feel like I'm not going to let the whole world down if I don't get this one thing right. And I think it just goes back to the idea of grace that God, God gives us. Um, he empowers us and allows us to excel and do some really exciting things. But uh, it's a knowledge in that we have limits and we're not, we're not God and he doesn't call us to, to fix the whole world, but he calls us to do our bit. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, it's just about encouraging people to step out again, but also knowing that they're not defined by works and that their identity goes back to who they are in, in Christ almost. Um, and I think we get into this habit of trying to be human doings rather than human beings. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're justified by Christ just because we are, <laughs> you know, we don't have to do anything mm -hmm. to prove ourselves. And I guess living in a culture of anxiety where, you know, we always want results, you know, when you meet people, the first question you'll probably ask them is like, 
what do you do? <laughs> I feel like we always have to try and justify our works. Um, but I think it's just going back to the place of, yeah, just being justified by by God and by just being really, uh, rather than feeling like you have to do all the time. So when those kind of fears and anxieties creep up on you, what, what do you do about it? Mm. Yeah, I think I try and just take it to God really. And yeah, sometimes I try and identify what the root cause of that is. It's like, am I trying to uh, excel in this because I want people to like me or is it because I yeah just feel really stressed or what is it that I'm trying to prove and who am I trying to prove it to I think yeah but just like letting God into those moments is really helpful um, and reading bible verses as well which yeah will say that you're chosen and accepted despite what you do I think that's really important and yeah. I guess also as well having Stand, standing on yeah feet. definitely and I think also having people around you who mm -hmm. know what you're like and know your tendency to think in that way and allowing them to call you out maybe in some times where you need that or uh, just to help you along is also really important brilliant now um one of the things that you commented on uh, after reading the research yeah. was just this whole issue of work-life balance mm. and um for those people who haven't uh, read the research uh, people fell into three different camps really on on work-life balance there were those who um, saw a purpose in what they were doing and therefore didn't care how much energy and effort and time they were putting into what they were doing. Um, there were those who felt very much, you know, the whole of life matters mm. and um, I'll work nine till five, but actually, you know, I've got things to do outside of that. So I'm going to keep my work uh, constrained into you know, and time box, sandbox. Um, and there were those who felt that actually the, the, the lines were blurred between work and life and it was extremely difficult mm. for them. Um, do you fit into any of those categories? Have you got a unique one of your own? What <laughs> 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 uh, some of your wrestles, uh, Terry, with, with, with work-life oh, balance? Yeah, great question. It's definitely been something that's been on my mind recently. I definitely believe that all of my life is for God's glory. So I think whether I'm working playing, sleeping, whatever it is, uh, yeah, all of that is for God. And I think, yeah, with work-life balance, it's really hard because sometimes I feel like people fall into camps of just having a work-centered ethic. So yeah, they just work, 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 and then they have rest in order to do their work better. Or some people have a mindset of like, oh, I just, I love leisure and I have a leisure-centered ethic. So I'll do work, but push past that so I can have fun on the weekends. I think I'm probably more mm -hmm. inclined to say that I'm more of a leisure-centered mindset. So I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I've got all these cool things coming up, like just push through work. But I think uh -huh. the ideal uh -huh. is to have uh, both intention. I think you should try and do well in your work, but also in the leisure. Um, yeah, I also have tried to put in place a Sabbath day on a Saturday uh, because mm -hmm. yeah, I think as a command in the Bible, it's probably something that we ignore the most, but it's also so important, like the fact that God in creation, you know, took a day of rest, I think just indicates how how he regards that. And so after putting in place a Sabbath for a few weeks, I've definitely noticed a difference as well in my work life balance. I think, um, yeah, I'm just a lot less stressed and a lot less tense. And it's just given me time as well just to do things that give me life. And 
yeah, mm. it's really helped me to connect with God better as well. Is part of that just a transition from being a student, do you think? I mean, it's kind of, uh, you're recently out mm. of uh, graduating and certainly student life is a is a different work-life uh, balance and pattern. You know, maybe uh, writing essays at three o'clock in the morning or studying for exams at five o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying you did any of that, but, um, you know, or, um, you know, getting out of bed five minutes before a lecture. It's very different from actually then being in a, in a work environment, yeah. isn't it? So is part of that just a transition, do you think? Or do you see other people around you struggling with the same issues mm, I think it's a bit of both and definitely for me I did write essays at like four in the morning or five in the morning um or I'd go out mm-hmm. and then come back at seven in the morning so uh and also I guess doing mm-hmm. history which is a course where there's only eight hours of contact um I definitely found it quite a hard transition going from that and just being so flexible with my time to having to do basically yeah. nine to five every day and it's still definitely something yeah. that I'm yeah, trying to to process and uh, yeah, in terms of resting, I need to make sure that I go to bed early because <laughs> can't lie, that's something I struggle with. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, it's it's definitely a problem as well for people around me. Um, just getting that balance of work life, I think that's something I see in uh, secular society as well. I think people put a lot of uh, reward reward and achievement on the daily grind, and I think it's almost glorified in a way like oh you you stayed late at work or oh like you're working really really hard I think society almost treasures that and so in a way resting well is like a rebellion to that sort of culture um yeah so it's definitely something that's been really hard um and I guess yeah student life transitioning to young professional life has definitely yeah been hard as well and and just the um issues around justice does that come into getting a good work-life balance yeah definitely because I think um so yeah like resting well is definitely a form of justice because I guess the best gift that you can give the world is yourself in relationship with Christ right and so if you're not Mm -hmm. uh looking after yourself well then that's almost an injustice to yourself um and an injustice to the world in a way Mm -hmm. uh so yeah I guess making sure that you rest well yeah, it does speak for justice in that way. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because um, many people kind of get confused between self-compassion and self-pity um, and self-worth. Um, but what you're saying there is actually, you know, we've been mm. given a gift, which is yeah. our body and our souls and our spirits and mm. our minds. And actually looking after those well is a justice issue. I've not heard it explained like that. So that's that's really, really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um, we're swiftly running out of time, but we always try and ask a couple of questions to everyone who comes onto the podcast, um, uh, which, yeah, we've centered uh, around leadership. Um, so the first question we want to ask to wrap up the podcast is this, what's the biggest tension that you live with in your leadership? Oh, yeah, that's such a great question. I think one tension is, I guess the idea of leadership is quite difficult because I don't know when I first started getting into leadership roles, I probably thought that it was more about me and it was about my glory and everyone's looking at me, I'm in the limelight. But actually, it's actually more about a demotion than a promotion. And I think holding those two things in tension of being in the limelight, I guess, but also knowing that leadership is about service, it's about sacrifice, and it's about coming alongside others. And I think if Jesus calls you into leadership, then what he's saying is, 
no, actually, I've called you to to be lower than than these people. Um, I think vicars, for example, their main role is to be a sacrifice for a specific group of people. And I guess like that is a tension that has been really, really hard to grapple with. Um, And I I think another thing as well that I've struggled with is, uh, yeah, being that example of grace and humility, because I think in leadership, people are like, oh, you're, you're clearly that person who's got it all together. Your life looks great. But actually, how, how can we be vulnerable in our leadership positions and, um, yeah, be honest about the things that we struggle with? Um, I think it's really easy to be like, yeah, I'm great. <laughs> but actually, you know, we all have things that we struggle with. And, yeah, I think vulnerability is definitely a key asset that a leader should have to do it well. Brilliant. Uh, And finally, then, what's your greatest excitement and fear when it comes to Mm. leading? I always get excited about the idea of empowering others to be more like who they were created to be. And I I just love that aspect of leadership. And I I just honestly cannot wait to see where God takes me with that. I think the more people that I can empower, honestly, the more excited. Mm. uh, Yeah, I get about the idea. Um, And I guess in terms of fears, I guess failure is a big one and falling short, maybe not living up to my potential as well. But again, I think those are things that I can take to Christ and be like, well, if I do fall short, what is the worst that can happen because I've been justified by you? Yeah, I think that is probably a fear that most leaders have, particularly a millennial leader. Um, But yeah, those are my two main things. Fantastic. Now, uh, Tyria, if people want to find out about Just Love, um where do they go and what do they look for um and how can they get involved yeah great so we have a website so literally if you just type in just love to google you can find it pretty easily probably be the first link that will pop up we also have a facebook page again it's just called just love and an instagram which is uh, at just love uk so you can definitely find us at our social media sites i guess as well if students are listening into this there may be a just love in uh, university city that you're based in so you could probably find out more about that um but yeah i'd say those are the main things and are you going to put your spoken word up on uh, on your social media i might do yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a good point. i'm glad you guys liked it on your yeah. website definitely <laughs> uh, we, we love the work that um, Just Love are doing and in universities up and down the city and the vision and passion you have for raising up a generation of leaders who have justice at their heart so uh, Tyria Barnes thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and sharing some of your oh, thank journey. you so much thanks for listening for more dedicated resources to equip emerging leaders visit our new website millennial-leader.com and don't forget to catch up on the forge leadership podcast at forge-leadership-podcast.com hyphen hyphen